0: Welcome to This Week Health Community. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Today, we have an interview in action from the 2023 fall conferences of CHIME in San Antonio and Health in Las Vegas. And we want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. And they are Olive, Rubrik, Trellix, Medigate, and F5. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com. And here we go. All right, here we are from the health conference in Las Vegas, Health 2022. And we're here with Haas Saad, MD, doctor. What's your background as a physician?
1: So I actually completed medical school, did a year of training. And prior to that year of training, I had started in the EHR space. So I actually walked away from training after my first year to start my company because it was sort of like a now or never sort of situation.
0: So you're one of those people who went through med school and then went the entrepreneurial route. Yeah. What I did, had what, to. What did you what did you see that was so compelling for you?
1: So it was a few things. One, I had really great opportunity to work amongst some really great clinicians that were really passionate about what they were doing and I noticed that. And they really
0: know, loved the technology that was being put in front of them. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Well, no, so, <laughs> it, 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 nice nice trick. So they didn't like this technology and that's kind of what got me into the EHR space is my understanding of the EHR, my ease of using the EHR. But I would look to my mentor and he would prescribe a lethal dose for medication on accident, right? So I immediately started to recognize hey, there's something wrong here. These people are brilliant people, they're the ones that kind of paved the way for us, but all of a sudden you put a computer screen in front of their face and now they're dropping the ball. So I kind of grew up in this sort of digital age and while I was in training, I worked under a really great mentor in cardiology and I realized that my passion wasn't necessarily patient care as much as it was sort of this clinical informatics that was growing and how i can really improve healthcare as a whole really outside of the bedside versus amongst patients
0: the first survey i ever did of her physician so i go in as cio and decide i'm going to do a system-wide open-ended survey of clinicians find out what they think of our technology and that kind of stuff my favorite quote from that survey open-ended a lot of things just write in whatever you want some of which i can't say on the air but my favorite quote was 1980 just called they want their technology back but that's how a lot of clinicians feel absolutely is they look at it and they go my gosh when I leave work I get to use all these really cool things that are integrated and the experience is really great and then I come in and I have to click on this menu and this kind of stuff yeah. and I can't find it yeah. that kind of stuff. Quite so so you have this passion where does it take you
1: so eventually what happened was i recognized early on when i started in this industry that there was a lot of tech support to provide technical assistance to physicians who spoke the language of medicine right so it wasn't necessarily the language of tech so there was huge language barrier in the world between healthcare and technology was significant. So I eventually launched DMI Advisory, which is a group of physicians, like-minded physicians, who come together to support other physicians, better adopt technology. And at the time, we we started with EHRs, really around the Epic space, Cerner space. So we bring in actual physicians who are actual end users of these platforms that we're supporting to provide peer-to-peer support to other physicians who are newly adopting or now optimizing their current platform.
0: It's interesting because the Arch Collaborative yeah. notes customization as one of those things and training obviously. Yeah. And customization being one of those things. Every one of us has an iPhone and it's highly customized to oh yeah who, who we are. But I, again, I go back to these stories after we were doing our EHR implementation get about six months to a year out. And some physicians are still really ticked off.
1: Oh yeah, and absolutely. So
0: we send the smart person to go elbow with them And they come back and they say, I said, how did it go? I said, they haven't customized anything. And they hate life. And we would essentially sit there and help them to, I mean, it would take that level. And generally, after we customize it, their satisfaction went way up.
1: Absolutely, it's really, nowadays, it's not as much implementing an EHR, it's more so optimizing an EHR. What's really interesting is you're not doing much more than re-educating, building a better foundation, and really ultimately molding the EHR to fit the physician versus molding a physician to fit their EHR, right? And that's what all physicians are looking for. They want their autonomy. They want to feel like they're still in the driver's seat. Uh, And it's not just physicians. It's providers, non-providers. So that's what we spend the most amount of our time doing is really opening up the hood of Epic, Cerner other platforms molding it around the doctor molding it around the provider to ultimately make them more efficient
0: so what's i mean i was going to say what's next but i'm not sure i know of a health system that's not optimizing their ehr yeah to this day
1: so that, that's what's interesting so this is what's next where we are right now i think health is showing us that consumerism is here from my understanding at least right i think that there's a lot of b to c now that there's a lot of opportunities and really brilliant people and entrepreneurs that are trying to bring healthcare directly to the consumer. But like anything else, if it doesn't ultimately get delivered to the physician, if the physician has not presented the data in a way that is easy for them to understand, easy for them to navigate and really seamless into their workflow, it's going to be a dead end. So I think that's where we see the company sort of transitioning is ultimately to be the bridge between healthcare and technology. Same way we started, that was our mission, and that will continue to be our mission. If you've noticed, like a lot of these companies out here are really bringing up new ideas, really brilliant ideas, but ultimately there is a provider component to it. And unless you're really working on the provider component, it doesn't matter how great the consumer side is, if you were gonna have the same exact issue that we had with the EHRs.
0: So will this team that you've developed, will they start doing consulting to these firms that we're seeing around the floor to say, hey, from a product development side, from an integration side?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that's the hope, right? Is that we identify several companies here at Health that have a provider-facing solution that accompanies are consumer-facing solutions. So, and that's where we would like to sort of take our physician team, even our non-physician team, we've sort of started expanding our network to subject matter experts. Because what's interesting is the EHR, when it you know was rolled out, it was a mandated platform, right? It, there was mandates to ensure that hospitals were adopting this or adopting right. the next best thing. None of these applications that we are seeing here at health or even in the marketplace are mandated. So it doesn't matter how great your platform is, how well you can sell it to a CIO or a health executive. At the end of the day, when it gets down to the provider, if they're not utilizing it properly, it doesn't adjust well into their current workflow, into their current lifestyle, it's not gonna really take off. So I think there's always going to be a need to translate technology to physicians in the language that they understand, and to really hold the sort of baton of physicians and ensure that their workflow is not compromised, the way that they practice medicine is not compromised. So I think that's sort of where we see DMI sort of moving towards. Obviously, EHRs are still a huge component of everyday workflow, so we still focus on that. But you know, more and more digital health companies rising is where we can really serve and support. All right,
0: we'll get back to our show in just a minute. We have a webinar coming up on December 7th, and I'm looking forward to that webinar. It is on how to modernize the data platform within healthcare, the modern data platform within healthcare, and I'm really looking forward to the conversation, we just recorded five Three episodes for that, and so they're going to air on Tuesday and Thursdays leading up to the episode. And we have a great conversation about the different aspects, different use cases around the modern data platform, and how agility becomes so key and data quality and all those things. So great conversation. Looking forward to that. Wednesday, December seventh at one o'clock. Love to have you join us. We're going to have health system leaders from Memorial Care and others. CDW is going to have some of their experts on the show as well so check that out you can go to our website thisweekhealth.com top right hand corner you'll see the upcoming webinars love to have you be a part of it if you have a question coming into it one of the things we do is we collect the questions in the sign up form because we want to make sure that we incorporate that into the discussion so hope to see you there now back to the show if i meet some venture guy here which is not hard i mean we just grab yeah we throw stuff any one yeah. of the next yeah. three people that walk by them. so if they come to me and say hey, start this thing I have this idea for some sort of clinical application that's gonna connect the consumer because all this is about reaching outside the four walls of that hospital that's what we're seeing a lot of here and the clinician instead of going out and trying to hire a doctor I can come to you guys and say look from a product development standpoint this is what we're thinking and you guys can sit there and go let me talk to you about the clinician perspective. Yes, on
1: Yes, exactly. So not only let me tell you the clinician perspective, but this is where your technology meets the physician's workflow, right? And this is where you may or may not interrupt the regular workflow of seeing a patient and how you can best implement your workflow into a physician's workflow so it's really efficient. Because that's at this point, physicians understand that technology is here and here to stay, right? There's, we're not gonna get rid of an EHR, those days are, that argument's long gone. But, you know, there is an opportunity to improve patient care and it's proven time and time again. Technology has improved patient care, but the best thing that we could do is to provide these newer companies an opportunity to get a real life glimpse into what's a physician's workflow. And beyond that, since we've worked with so many, what is the average behavior of a physician based on their specialty? What is their psychology? How do you get them to change that behavior because the one thing they don't want to do is change, right? Like physicians right. don't want to change anything that they do, but they're willing to adjust and they're willing to provide better care to their patient. It's just kind of on the technology companies to make that happen.
0: Right, I mean, because you know, it's it's amazing to me when I have conversations with people. It, this is how it was, it was taught to me. One is they have to stay up in their field, which is a lot of reading, a lot of continuing education and that kind of stuff to stay up in their field and be best in class there. Then they have to stay up on their just normal workload yeah and somebody said to me hey go to a conference and have 10-minute conversations with all these people and then document each one and by the way when you document it i want the next person who reads it to know exactly what you talked about what the next steps are what you you know what you told them they should do so that was one another aspect and of be it. home
1: at 5 p.m to have dinner with right. your family and, then, and then have then a they life have family yeah, and a life yeah, and exactly, everything else exactly. uh,
0: so it will optimizing the ehr still be the bread and butter of what dmi does yeah. and then the i
1: think that the ehr is from my perspective i feel that the ehr is sort of the central nervous system of any healthcare organization right Right. so no matter what sort of technology you're bringing in it's either going to work directly or indirectly with the ehr so i think dmi being so strong on the ehr space whether it's directly supporting ehrs or indirectly supporting that ehr by integrating additional technology i think that's where we sort of see it going but you know. As of right now, the majority of what we do still, till this day, is EHR, but we're seeing more and more non-EHR sort of platforms is why we're being called in.
0: So last question. Is it challenging for you to find people to hire as well?
1: You know, that's a really interesting question. So pre-pandemic, it was obviously challenging, especially when you're looking at cardiologists, surgeons, anesthesiologists. Post-pandemic really displaced a lot of physicians, especially a lot of specialty physicians. On the physician side, there are a lot more physicians nowadays that are looking for alternative careers, are looking for alternative paths, but want to remain in healthcare, want to feel like they're improving care, whether it's directly or indirectly. So right now there's, in a way, there's an abundance of physicians on our end, right? Our Rolodex right now is the highest it's ever been since we started seven years ago and it is in part due to the pandemic and due to so many physicians being burnt out. But also what they realized when they work with us is you really are improving patient care. You really are improving healthcare because you're improving the lives of your colleagues and you're allowing them to do better at what they want to do. So it's a very rewarding experience for them.
0: And a little bit better home life. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh,
1: well. They do travel. So we do, I mean, now well now that we can travel again, which is great, they do travel and they do fly out, but yeah, it is ultimately better. Fantastic.
0: Thank you for Bill, your time. it was a pleasure. Really I appreciate it. it.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Another great interview. I want to thank everybody who spent time with us at the conferences. I love hearing from people on the front lines and it is phenomenal that they have taken the time to share their wisdom and experience with the community, which is greatly appreciated. We also wanna thank our channel sponsors one more time who invest in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. They are Olive, Rubrik, Trellix, Medigate, and F5. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.